Good morning, world. This is Mike Morris. Welcome to another episode of Open Mic. Joining us this morning is Mike Morris and Corey's Top 30. Mike Morris. Mike Morris is in here to tell us about the backpack giveaway. We uh, adapt and adapt and change things up a little bit every year. My co-host Kevin Dietz is here and back, and welcome, Kevin. I'm so glad you're here. Good to see you again. And our first guest this morning, Peter Wall. Good morning. Good morning, Peter. So, Peter and I have known each other for how many years, Peter? 40. Mm. <laughs> I think... 35. Uh, did we know each other in high school? Like, I think, did you ever, like, beat me up and sh throw me in a garbage can in high school? I think or... you talked about my mullet. Any problem with that? <laughs> you, you got you, that corrected. I, yes, I did. I think, so thanks for the what curse. What happened to the mullet? The curse. You were a senior, I think, and I was a freshman. Did we ever figure that out? Or maybe one year off? Maybe, okay. uh, yeah. You were one I, of those I older, mean, cool kids. I went to school, I think, with your sisters. Sure. Um, you and I became close friends after some bad things happened in our lives. Both our dads died within six, eight, nine months of each other uh, in the 90, in early 90s, 1990, 89, 90, 91. Don't cry, Peter. Thanks, Mike. Really? Peter, oh, tissues, please. <laughs> Newman, can I have uh, some Kleenex? Still hurts. Um Peter has one of the best sense of humors if you're not going to figure this out uh, soon. Peter and I became best friends. Peter was the best man at my wedding. Yes, I was. I remember, I remember that speech well. <laughs> so impromptu, and I want you... It seems like you there's know, a story there somewhere. No, no, no. <laughs> we could go on for about 10 hours. So the first question is, Peter, I'd like you to um, reenact the speech. Um, can I ask you why you have a, the Stat Disaster book? I've been on that for about 10 years. And there's You've been a, on Stat Disaster. So we had Dr. Joel Kahn on. Oh, great. Uh, so, so basically, you don't remember the speech. Um, but it was a good speech. You talked about my cleanliness and my hygiene. He's very and, clean. And, His uh, teeth are free of poppy seeds. You were <laughs> always. It was a great speech. Thank you. Um, and, uh, that Is was there a, a way to get headphones that don't cover your hair up? I don't understand that either. You know, that's not... Because you think it's ruining my hair? Yeah. People can't see it? It's, I have so, hair it's authentic. It's supposed to look like this. I walked into the gym the other day with Peter. We go to this, we do it Orange Theory. We didn't know we were going together. And I walk in and my hair is bedheaded and it's all over the place. He says, awesome. God, what would I give for bedhead? <laughs> right in front of everybody. And it was bed skin. It was... <laughs> It was pretty darn funny. Were you wearing the headphones at the gym? Uh, no. <laughs> it was just natural, but it was all over the yeah. place. And Sleepy head. Peter always talks about my head, my okay. hair. Um, Blessed. So, okay. So, Peter Wall, or Peter Walls, as I like to call him sometimes. Yep. Yep. Um, like Myers and Fords. Yes, sir. <laughs> so, Peter is a, a an accomplished attorney, as well as being a fantastic friend and and all-around good guy. You've been doing workers' compensation law in Michigan for how many years? Over 30. If you and, count my clerking, about 33 years. And your father was a workers' I, comp lawyer, one of the first ones in the state. Well, he was uh, he was uh, one of the first ones in the state. And yes. wasn't he a trailblazer in that did, field? He did start in the turn of the last century, so he wasn't around like 1910 no, when but, it started. No, but he, but was a, he, was, he was a trailblazer when it came to comp laws. He was... He was workers' comp, 70s, 60s, 70s, 80s. Right. Died young, 54. So, you know, Kevin doesn't know much about workers' comp. and Says who? <laughs> All right, Kevin, what's workers' Kevin. comp? Kevin, what's the workers' comp law? All right, here's what I know about workers' comp. It's not a lot, but here's what I know about it. When I was doing TV, I used to get calls from PIs, 
and they would show me fabulous videos of people faking workers' comp. They would show me these videos of people who had filed for workers' comp, and they're out digging in the garden and carrying bags of things. And so I know that um, workers' comp involves uh, being injured on the job. So you're a pawn of the insurance company. I am. That baloney. That is very rare. When the insurance companies love when they show your, you know, your uh, excerpts of people golfing because it's really rare. They want everybody to think that it's all fraud. Right. So. And what percentage is fraud and what percentage is not? I can tell right away, very little, yeah, very little. But the insurance companies wants you, you know, to watch your videos of the guy golfing or, you know, uh, you know. That's what they, they, that's what they want. Out the and, and that is bags. their propaganda to make people think that everybody's a fraud in workers' comp. Right. That, so. That's what that's what they want people to think when they think of workers' comp. Absolutely. Well, they're doing a good job. Can yes, you correct sir. that? I'm trying to. <laughs> Let's do people it. People call me, uh, you know, they feel guilty about getting the benefits that they're entitled to because they got hurt at work and they can't earn their wage. This is, this is not pain and suffering. This is to pay you while you're off and can't. You know, feed your family. Now, real people I know who've who've gone through workers' comp are photographers who carry these cameras, sure. or they walk. They're walking backwards while we're doing a story. They trip on the ice and they fall. They hurt their shoulders. They they get right. surgery. Things happen to them, and they sure. have to go out for a few weeks or longer. And um, and I know that that offsets um, the the pay if they're gone too long, right? So, so one one quick differentiation, and I think this is a, a good learning moment for people out there. So the misperception. So what I do when I do auto accidents and truck accidents and dog bites, it is about pain and suffering. There is an economic component, but the biggest component is the pain and suffering lifestyle change. In workers' comp, there is none of that. It's just for your wages and your medical bills and a little bit of mileage here and there, but nothing else. Right. So um, it's not about getting rich. It's not about you know doing anything else. They're not... Usually, I mean, I, there's very little fraud, as Peter said. So, Peter, um, explain to us, if somebody's injured on the job, what are their rights in Michigan? I want to say one thing. People call me every day and they go, I don't want to do, you know, they've been off for, for weeks and they don't feel good about, I don't want to sue, I don't believe in lawsuits. The insurance companies want people to, to, to think that. They want to keep the premium. So what happens if you're injured at work, regardless of how it happens, if you didn't intend to hurt yourself and you hurt yourself, and you can't earn your money, you can't earn your wage, you're supposed to get wage loss and medical until you go back to work. The only thing anybody's going to look at, did you get hurt at work? And how long are you not going to be able to make your money? And that is workers' comp right there. So I don't have to why, prove negligence why, like you do to get pain and suffering. So you don't have to prove anything except it was related to the it, it was related to work. Yes. A work in, it has to be a work injury. The, the language is arising out of and in the course of your employment. That's the so, definition. So does this make sense? So the only reason you'd be fraudulent about this is if it didn't hap actually happen at work. It happened somewhere else, but you wanted it to look like it happened at work. Or you just don't want to work, so you're going to fake an injury. I, I mean, I've, Which is pretty unlikely. I've been in the business for fraud, 30 years. You do that. To I mean, commit I mean, fraud is crime. Getting, you're not getting money, a lot of money for this. <laughs> right. right. Even if you win your case, you're not getting a ton of money. Right. Yeah, I'm going to stay off and, and not be able to pay my bills, but, you know, just to hang in there because these cases could take over a year. You're not going to see a lot of fraud. These are people that are it desperate. Does, it doesn't make sense to, no. to commit fraud, no. really. So why why do they need a lawyer, Peter? Why doesn't the system work? Uh, okay, Mr. Employer, I was injured on the job. Uh, I can't work. Pay my wages. Pay my medical bills. When I feel better, I'll come back to work. Why do they need a lawyer? So if you get hurt at work, you got to tell your employer. The employer is supposed to tell and report it to their insurance company. That's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to report it. 
a lot of times the insurance company, I guess that's the, the nature of the business, is just to ignore you. I see that every day. Or to say, no, that you have an old injury. And uh, so they didn't see you hurt yourself at work. And they deny you. And I think 40% of the people just don't do anything about it. Okay, the people need to do something about it. They just it. take the loss. They just take they the just loss. They just say, oh, the insurance company, which is a quasi-official, you know, uh, you know, uh, governmental agency or some kind of someone with authority, if they say no, that, that means I'm not entitled to anything. I hear that every day. I don't get it. So somebody's injured on the job. They have to notify their employer first step. Yes. Do they have to see an employer chosen doctor or they can they go to their own physician? So here's where we're going to get into that. When you get hurt at work, a lot of things have changed. If you want to talk about the last governor, his name is Governor Schneider. He's changed a lot. He's, a, I, I think, a, a directly working for the Chamber of Commerce. He's made it way more difficult for people to get benefits. And I don't want to spit on your floor when I mention his name. He's my Heyman. Thank you. Don't. Uh, thank you. Do you have a spittoon yeah, or something? Yeah, I have a <laughs> thank you, Kevin. Right, so you're not a fan of governor uh, he, of the ex-Governor so Schneider. So here's the thing. It, it's an insurance company. Within the first 28 days, you got to go to their doctor, their Concentra. Folks around town watching this, they've heard of Concentra because whenever you get hurt anywhere in the city, they're always going to send you to these places where I wouldn't send, I'm not going to say my pet because they're family members, I wouldn't send my enemy to these places. But you're going to get sent to a Concentra who works for the insurance company. And these are alleged doctors. Allegedly. And, and, they're, and they're going to basically say, you're fine, go back to work. They're going to do the research to see uh, and get, go through a checklist to see if you have old injuries or... You know, say you can go back to work or say you have a cut when you have a broken leg. It's absurd, but you got to go okay, because so 28 those, days you got to go to their so if, you, if you had an injury as a kid playing sports or something, they're going to say, no, that's related to when you were 15. That's not related to when you were 50. Uh, no, they're not going to say that. They're going to say, wait, well, you had a sports injury when you were 15, I see. It, there's historically, so this is, this is the old injury. This is not the new injury. All, all the time. You know, tw 20 years could go by between your last uh, uh, injury. You could be fine working. They find out about it. They use that as a reason to deny your benefits. So they're doing everything they can to not pay your claim. Absolutely. So for the first 28 days, you can't go see your family doctor? If no one, if they're not allowing you to see your own doctor, you're supposed to go within 28 days to see their doctor. If it's an emergency, you're going to go to the emergency room. They're not going to pay for it. You're supposed to go to their people. Now, guess what? Governor Schneider used to be 10 days. That was more reasonable. Now it's 28 days that you're going to see their doctors. And if their doctors say you're fine, go back to work, but you don't feel you're fine, what is a person to do? Well, if you're not after eight days getting your wage loss and you know you're going to be off for a while, you're going to have to call me because the insurance company is going to go with what Concentra says and not pay you. And then what do they do once they call you? Once they call me, I'm going to try to get you the benefits that you're supposed to get when you can't earn your wage because you got hurt at work. And I'm going to file a case for you and not get paid unless I get you something. Is there a separate court for this or does this go through the regular system? Good question. Uh, there's an apps. Uh, it's a separate uh, jurisdiction. It's the Workers' Comp Agency. It used to be the Workers' Comp Bureau. It used to be called Workman's Comp, believe it or not, until the 70s. And they'd officially change it because women get hurt at work as well. No joke. So yeah, it's workman's comp, and now it's workers' comp. It used to be workman's comp. Interesting. So when I was a kid growing up, my dad's a workman's comp lawyer. <laughs> and women had you. women had no rights. Women did not work. So absurd. Um, okay, so they they call you, and they're not getting their wages. Nobody's paying their medical bills. They have health insurance through work, maybe. So they can find a doctor who will take their health insurance. So at least they can get some treatment during this time, but they're not getting wages. So the so they're either forced to have no money or forced to go back to work injured. 
What, gonna, are, or what other choices I'm, are there? I'm going to say floating in space. Okay, that's called that's the floating in space. You're not. No one's paying for your treatment. You're going to use the piece of paper the insurance company gives you to deny it to use your regular insurance. I'm going to quote Malcolm X: "By any means necessary, you're going to get the treatment by any means necessary, even though your regular health insurance is not the appropriate." Uh, form of insurance to pay for something, you're going to use the denial and never change your history that this is from work and use that to pay for it. And they become part of my case to get them paid back. And it takes approximately a year to finally get them their benefits? So, you know, we used to have, there used to be a lot of courts and a lot of judges. Uh, This is one of the uh, areas which they decided to cut some costs. They consolidated, they closed down Mount Clemens. If I go to Detroit, there's only four judges. For anybody who gets hurt living in Wayne County, Macomb County, Washtenaw County, and Monroe County, four. So they got about 50 cases of a day and we got to get in line. This is your remedy. It's slow. It's a slow remedy, Mike. Wow. Yes, sir. So, and this is your specialty. You do no other type of law. You've never done another type of law. This is all you do. I have done relatives uh, traffic tickets. I'm usually oh, good at getting. Are you good at that? Should people call you for impeding that? Impeding traffic. <laughs> I've never not gotten um, impeding traffic. Oh, you got like a perfect record for that. Yes. yes. I'm, I'm workers' cop. My dad was workers' cop. It is a good old boys' club. Uh, I'm there every day. No women. There are women. So it's a good I welcome old women. There are women judges. People club. Good old lawyers it's club. It's a good old <laughs> lawyers, <laughs> lawyers club. There's people that were at my bar mitzvah. Okay. <laughs> they're there. They're still, there's 80, 90 year old guys that still do this work. How come I wasn't at your bar mitzvah? You're too young. Where was your bar mitzvah? It was at the Raleigh house. Oh. If everybody remembers. I, I have remember. a suit. On Telegraph. It's a, it's a, yeah. Nice. I, on worked, Telegraph. I worked there for a minute and a half. Did you really? Yep. As a busboy? No, as a bartender. Wow. Yeah. And that was... Uh, it was a union. That was my only union oh my gig. Goodness. I'm not kidding. There's a different story for another day. I knew you as a uh, waiter at Merriweather's, and you were the best. Aw, you, you were the best. Well, and you I knew never, how to get the tips. I <laughs> I worked as a bartender. Did you ever work as a bartender? I never have. I was just like, was, I think that's my I second favorite job I ever had because you just talk to so many people and you're just able to interact. Is that Detroit? Uh, I worked at a Bennigan's in Southfield, oh, not nice. far from here, and then I worked down in Detroit at. Uh, a River Rock, it was called. You remember that place? Absolutely. That place was hot. Saw the King Bees there. You know, my mistake. I love that place. And well, then I worked for a short time at the Soup Kitchen Saloon, which was pretty cool. But love that I, place, too. But then I had to go back to school. So Bennigan's used to be a favorite of a divorced dad Thursday nights. Did yes. you ever do that? Fried ice cream. Yeah. Fried, yeah. <laughs> we used to go to Bennigan's <laughs> and the TGIF, uh, you know, the oh, Fridays and, and all the delis. Chinese on Sundays. Stage. Not sure how we got from uh, workers' comp to uh, <laughs> to waiting tables and I bartending. See you have a, but a recipe for Caesar salad dressing. You want to talk about I Caesar know. salads? Uh, sure. I, know. I got the best Caesar salad dressing. <laughs> My mom wants me to bring it to uh, Thanksgiving dinner. I told her oh, no. Oh, nice. Um, so, yeah, Meriwether's, uh, bringing back really good memories. I have actually thought about writing a book about all the things that I learned about working in the restaurant business. Oh. I have so many great stories. I, I learned how to read people, which translates into reading juries. I've learned how to read the energy of a table when you walk up to it. Do they want a funny waiter? Do they want an informative waiter? Do they want a back off waiter? You know, And I did that for so many years that when I am with clients, when I'm in front of juries, even judges, wherever I'm at, I kind of know you know how to how to be. It's kind of like a chameleon, and it helps me in life, and it's helped me in my practice. And it's if anybody's listening out there, I always look when I'm interviewing people. I love to see restaurant jobs on my 
uh, on the resumes because they can multitask. They can deal with people. They can problem solve. They're not afraid of sweat and, and running around stress. and hard work and stress. So restaurant jobs is something that I love to see on resumes. That's a hiring tip uh, right there um, if you want to become uh, good at, at being a lawyer, I guess. I'm not just trying to spill right. smoke. I mean, I wasn't really good friends with you. It was a memorable meal. Uh, well, what do you remember? I don't, I don't know. You, Tell me. You had, well, you, How do you feel about him today? You gave the one free dessert, you know, move, oh, you know, for the tip. I mean, we had a good time. I was just, you know, newly friends with you. And right. It was, it was fun. The free dessert. So, like, yeah. we were allowed to do that, but you I, could I also make it sound like it was coming from the waiter. Right. 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 So, hey, you know. Nobody's around. Here, here's your move. here's your big here's your dessert with four forks, and and they loved it. And you always got a little bit bigger of a tip. Sure. Or another move, like the menu would say, uh, you can't get a soup instead of the salad. Menu okay. said it right there, but they'd say, hey, do you care if I got the soup instead of the salad? I look. You know, well, the manager's not around, no problem. <laughs> right. And the managers didn't care. It was right, it was right. the same price. It just I don't know why the menu said it, but people like to think you know it's a perceived value, free, and they love it, and they 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 take it, they give the credit to the waiter or waitress. Would they ask to sit in your section then, people? Oh, yeah, oh yeah, all the time. I had a lot of regulars, yeah. um, but it was it was you know it was great. I worked. I was in the restaurant business for over eight years, and one of my pet peeves. I don't know. If, let, let me ask you guys this. Whenever I go to dinner or lunch with people, mostly dinner, they look at the waiter or waitress and they say, what's good? What should I get? Everybody does this these days. Like they want an affirmation of what they should order rather than just making an order. Like it's a life decision. Like, here. like a huge good? decision. If I get a bad meal, oh my God. So, and I look at my friends and family and I'm like, just what, what, what do they care? As, as an insider, were you instructed to always recommend like, like, Something like chop suey, something no one would ever order at. We got to no. get rid of. We got to push, push that chop suey. No, no, no. no. Right. That's a very good question. <laughs> you were always told to push the specials, right? But let, let's talk about let's talk about economics for a second. There were dishes for twelve dollars, right. a chicken, and there was a twenty-four dollar salmon, twenty-four dollar uh, tuna. So if I sold a $24 tuna, that if they gave me 20%, that's about a $5 tip. Sure. If I sold the chicken, that's about a $2.40 tip on just that meal. What do you think the waiters are going to push? You're biased. Have that's you ever right. seen a waiter Stop pushing selling. the cheapest? Right. Have you ever right. seen a waiter or waitress push the cheapest stuff on the menu or the cheapest glass of wine? Never. I mean, you know, and the other day I'm at a fish place. I'm in, I'm in Myrtle Beach with some friends and uh, we're at a seminar. I'm giving a speech. We sit down at this big table. People are asking, what should I get? What should I get? She's kind of tepid about what she should recommend. Gotta, gotta get that big off of there. Sorry, I got, I got excited. <laughs> we are. We are getting excited. Like, what do you do, Kevin? Uh, You're a professional. So, I know, we try to give the we single. Got some schmutz. Schmutz. We need to come up with a better single. <laughs> You're both panicking. <laughs> you got shit in your face. Do I have anything in my teeth? No, You're good. You're looking okay. good. So anyway, <laughs> they're going on and on to this waitress about what they should get. And she's giving these kind of bullshitty answers. And I look at her and I said, you don't eat fish, do you? Now, mind you, this is a fish restaurant. Newman, am I telling a true story? True you were with me. Yes. So... Newman got invited. Newman, are you... Are you, are you uh, Mike, lot, can they hear you over there? Probably not. No. Okay. So Newman said, I'm telling the truth. Um, and I said, you don't, you don't eat fish, do you? She says, well, actually, I'm a vegan. So here we are, a group of six or seven people asking for fish advice from a, a vegan, vegan who's never tried the fish. This happens all the time. You're asking waiters and waitresses what's good. They're just going to make it up or they're going to tell you what's expensive. And 
The better question is what's popular? What do people come back for? What do people give you good feedback on? What dishes are, are, are people really enjoying? I like that question better if you need that affirmation and you can't make a decision. So when you ask that question, you know, what's popular, they're still going to lie and try to sell what's I, I hope not. Salad, maybe. The, maybe. The most expensive? I, maybe. I had breakfast yesterday with a guy and he ordered uh, four egg whites and a uh, uh, sunny side egg on top of it and blueberries. That's weird. Delicious. It's it is what I said. Is that that's not on the menu, right? He goes, everything's on the menu. I don't ever look at a menu. I just order what I want. They're restaurants. They have everything. They have all the ingredients for whatever you want. Did you put ketchup on it? <laughs> he oh. did not. He, you, people put ketchup on eggs all the time. But just in a, one of those diets, one of your one of your books. In my life, I have some. I'm not going to say just women, but a lot of women in my life like to sit down at a restaurant and change everything they order. Like this wasn't a thing when we were growing up, was it? The on the side. It, and no. the, the on, oh, I'll I have a Greek salad. This out for that. Fed on the side, no onions, extra beets, no tomatoes. Take off the pepperoncinis. It's like peanut and allergies. Men man. do that. If you, do men do that? Men so do. I'm sure they do. I do that. I, I don't do that. I, <laughs> I Peter does it. Yes, but I, I, I don't I, add salt or pepper. I, I, don't eat I sit down with some people who do this chronically, and I look at them. I say. I dare you to just order something off the what? menu. Yep. And they and they start Impossible. sweating. They just start sweating. Like As is? Uh, I'm not I'm not hungry. Why today. would why would the chef who went to school to learn how to do this know more about this than me? <laughs> right. I have right. a buddy who owns a restaurant and he that drives him crazy because he says, like, we work really hard to come up with this dish and they want a different sauce or they want a different noodle or they want a different this. And he says it ruins the dishes. But listen, that's we're not gonna solve it. I that. went out to for my mother-in-law's birthday last night, I had a steak at Capitol Grill, and I like it well done. And I always ooh, because ooh, I read the Anthony Bourdain, uh, you know, his book. I read what the, what they do in the kitchen when you order something like a steak well done. They laugh, they throw it on the floor, and, and I, <laughs> they step and I, on it. And I, I had to I always had to apologize. I go, sorry, I, I kind of want this well done, yeah, you know, know, medium well. And the guy's like, no problem. You order the chicken well done too. I don't. Have you ever had you, pe- you ever had chicken tartare or no. chicken sushi? Oh, are, you, are you afraid um, of getting sick or? No, do you I, just, I don't like, like the, the consistency better. of it. I don't like. Well, do the, you order the well color done or, or medium well? I don't eat a lot of chicken. I'll no, I'm talking about, about steak. Uh, medium well, and then I'll send it back. You know, I don't want any pink. I, I do medium like rare, and I'm I want it red. Oh, oh, oh. do you get it? Do you get a butterfly? I like meats. You get a butterfly. I like, I like you know Jacko links, man. I, you know, I like <laughs> I like jerky. I want my I like a, you know, I want to work it. Do you get a fillet or a, a big steak? If I get a fillet, I get a butterfly. So it gets the middle. I don't want that pink coolness like you like. Or, no. I had a nanny one it's, too. You don't like the taste. <laughs> you just don't want everything to taste like nothing. I had a no, nanny. I like one. a leather. I like a burned leathery taste. I, I had a nanny once who ordered her steaks blue. Have you ever heard that term? I uh, know. Right. So she, we, she literally she'd get a steak and they would like ten seconds on each side and oh, serve it completely raw and, and it like it didn't look blue when you opened it, but it was like. There's those places now that cook Mooing. the steak right in front of you. They have the grill out at the Pittsburgh table. style or what is it? Yeah, yeah they just like, yeah. some people just like, yeah, just touch it. Just boom, on and off. It's like, whoa. Uh-uh. That's you not- like Kibbe? <laughs> what? Raw meat, Kibbe. Oh, no. No. No, no thank you. No. All right, so uh, anything else, Kevin? Do you understand? Let's go back to workers' comp for a minute um, after that tangent. do Anything else? So, we yeah, need? all right. So, well, I, when, when do you, you know, I mean – People have different pain tolerances, right? So, sure. I mean, when when do you address that issue? Um, okay, well, you're not getting paid for your pain. So you, I got to talk about Governor Schneider again because he changed the definition. It used to be- Schneider or Snyder? Schneider. 
Why are you saying Schneider? He doesn't want to get sued. <laughs> I'm, not use, I'm allowed to use profanity. He's changing is the, the FCC names. Is the Okay, is what it, he is did. Is it he, because you, it remind, rhymes The man changed the definition. You talk about pain. pain. It's not pain. It's whether you can earn but it, money. But when you get out of bed in the morning and decide to go to work or not, it's about pain. I'm getting paid or paying? Well, if, I'm, pay. in, if I'm in pain, I'm not going to work. Pay, no. pain, pain. <laughs> okay, right. Okay, well, that means you're disabled, but you have to have a doctor. You have to have something objectively to back up your pain, which keeps you from earning your money. In my world, you got to look and see if you can earn the money. Because if you're in pain, you can still earn your money. You know, tough. You're not going to get paid anything. Governor Schneider made it, so I used to get hurt. Schneider. Governor <laughs> Let's call him Rick. Okay, uh, mosquito, mosquito, Governor Mosquito voice. Um, Sorry, Governor. Um, And I miss Governor Angler, and I hated him. But Governor Schneider made Governor Angler look like uh, Gandhi or something. But um, pause there. (laughs) It's a good snippet. I think I I, Neil Neil's making that. Mark that. Mark that. Governor Snyder made it. If I got hurt working at my job at the restaurant, I can't do the job at the restaurant, I'm supposed to get paid. Governor Schneider made it so. <laughs> Schmeider. Governor Schmeisel. <laughs> he made it so I got to show that I can't work anywhere making the same amount of money, which is a big deal because they're always going to argue or hire someone to say that you can get a job as a paperweight, as a doorstop, as a greeter at Walmart. Even though those jobs exist, he changed it. It used to be where you got hurt working if you can't do the job, pay you. Now it's any job, regardless of whether they oh, exist or not. So that changes the value of everything. That changes the insurance company's attitude of not paying anybody because, by definition, no one's entitled to it. The people making the decisions about Workers' Comp in Michigan are not in Michigan. What they, you, I'm sorry. Keep going. They read they read that and they're like, oh, we're going to deny the claim. He's sitting in Indianapolis. We're not paying anybody. So what, what year did this all switch? I'm going to say. He was there for eight years, right? What's that? Was it early in his term, or uh, it, it it as it went on, the Chamber of Commerce, the big three, got together to try to change the definition, and they had hearings about this. Well, and there's he, a new governor now from a different party. Are, are there efforts being made to to swing the pendulum well, back? You know, it has to be the legislature is not a democratic legislature, so I don't. I think that there was always efforts of trying to change that because he did have hearings. He had first responders coming. He had some real real horror stories. They didn't care. They disregarded any testimony of how this is going to adversely affect people that get hurt at work, including like police officers and, you know, all that type of stuff. It didn't matter. I think so, the workers' comp lobby is pretty weak. It's pretty weak. The unions are weak. You There's know. not many people left doing what you do. You're, no, it's, you're, a, it's a dying breed. It's a dying breed. And, and, you know, you said something interesting that I didn't understand. You said, by definition, uh, people are not entitled to anything. Absolutely. So what does that mean? That means you're not looking that you're in pain and can't go to your job. You're looking at there's always something out there that you can get paid so to do regardless of whether you want to do it. Okay, so give us an, a real-world example. You're a laborer um, building houses, doing something hard on your back and whatever, and they say, okay, your back's shot. You can't do this job. Right. But – you could sit at a desk and answer phones. Correct. Absolutely. Or you could greet at Walmart. Really? Do you think, you know, the... the is that true? Is that, that what you're saying? That is absolutely true. So if true. there's an alternative job... Anywhere, any kind of job. Any kind of job, then you're saying that, that they're not going to pay comp. Absolutely. Like this one, for instance. Let me, like, <laughs> like, yeah, they could do this. I gotta, they I, could be my co-host. i got to add one more little tidbit to this. If to be entitled to benefits while you're disabled, you have to show that you've looked for work within your restrictions. That includes people that are on Social Security disability. That includes, by definition, people that are in comas or are paralyzed. You still have to look for work, which is the most absurd thing. And the only reason that was enacted to make it tougher for you to get your benefits to say, well, you didn't look for work. Really, my guy's in a coma laying in bed, and he still, by definition, has to look for work. 
work within his restrictions. Okay, okay, have his wife look for a job for him, you know, to block the door or to sit there, uh, you know, as a paperweight. I read right. something interesting. I don't know if you've heard of this or not or if it's real or not, but I, I heard that um, uh, LinkedIn is doing some things to try and help people look for jobs or to meet those criteria that they need to look for jobs online uh, if they're injured. Um, you know, you have to, what, is there a certain number of jobs you have to look for you know, in a month or something? Or well, it's a, it's pretty specific. It's reasonable. So what is reasonable? And I don't know about LinkedIn. I know about the Michigan Works thing. Mm -hmm. That's what usually people sign up for, the Michigan Works. So it's a reasonable number. I just tell people, look for, you got to keep track in a notebook. You know, uh, and I have some old school people. I don't get the newspaper. I can't look at the, you know, like Mr. Cole. I got to look at the uh, want ads. I don't, or my favorite, I don't have a computer. I don't have a cell phone. I've had, I have people like that. Um, Can you believe it in this day and age? Absolutely. There's not many help wanted signs on windows right, right. now either because the economy is pretty good. So yeah. that doesn't count. Yeah. So that's true. And, and, and I guess let's just, you know, I think I, we have time for one or two more questions, Peter. Um, First of all, if, if somebody's listening to this or, or wanting uh, to get some advice from you, what's the best way to get a hold of you? Well, you can call me at my phone number, uh, telephone. If you want me to give that number? Please just throw it out there. Peter Wall, oh, uh, area down. code two four. You can even call collect. I don't know what my uh, eight hundred number. <laughs> you can call me right, collect. Just dial zero. Do they still do that? Uh, do you still collect is calls? It, is if it, call if you're not in call jail, Peter or Wall. Is it if you wins? fall in at work? Yeah, <laughs> call Peter Wall if you fall. If you fall. At work. Get a little uh, jingle going. Okay, Ross. I mean, there's a lot more. There's my ad guy in the back. <laughs> we got to get a microphone back there, uh, Rocky. So, because I want to hear from Ross. Ross, I want you to come up with a jingle or a new ad campaign. If you're injured in a fall at work, call Peter Walls. <laughs> Excellent. All right. So, Peter, what's your phone number? Uh, area code 248-352-3433. We will make your information. Let me repeat that number. <laughs> we, will make that. Your pen. we will put that down It'll for you. Your What's your text? Give them those your cell too. Excuse me? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I do not have a cell phone. I have that CB. Is a lie. He's a lie. Right. Uh, liar. There, I mean, there's a lot more to workers' comp. There is sometimes pain and suffering associated because if your injury is a result of something like a third party or you're in a car accident. That's what I was going to ask you next. If you're in a next. car accident, you are, then um, we talk to Mr. Morris's office. All right, let's, let's talk about this. You're driving for work. Yes, and you're on the job. I send somebody from here to drive to pick up something and they get in a car accident. How does that interplay with workers' comp laws? You're going to have a bunch of different lawsuits. For your wage loss, workers' comp is primary. And what percentage does workers' comp pay of your wages? That is 80% of your net. So you're going to figure out depending on how many kids you have, how many hours you work, because overtime counts. Interesting. So in, in my world... In no fault slash pip world, you get eighty five percent of your gross. Right. So there's some math there. You must be good at math. I'm really good at math. Okay, let's leave it at that. Kinda. So, so How are you so, at uh, past governor's name? So there's there's a differential. Hold on, Go, hold on. Governor Milliken, though, there's a mensch. <laughs> rest in peace. He just died. He did. I know. Should we have That's a moment of silence yeah, for yeah, Governor Milliken. Cool. All right, quiet. Okay, so um, there's a differential if you're injured in a car accident while on the job between Comp will pay you most, and then you have a small differential that, that offices like mine will help get right. help you the, the get. Vehicles are so that's for your pay, that's for your wage loss. Yes. Um, who pays for your medical bills? Workers' comp is primary for the medical bills. Now, let's say your insurance company on your car pays it, then they'll try to get it back from workers' comp. Good workers' luck. comp is supposed to pay. Yeah, good luck. <laughs> uh, they're supposed to pay. Now, the person, the lady that smashes into you is negligent. 
Then there's a third-party case. You, there's a third and that is pain. You right. might be that's pain and suffering. That's where we're talking about the right. pain. Right. But then there's other benefits. If you're in a car accident on, on the job, you don't get something called household services. Like if you can't take out the garbage, if you can't do your laundry, if you can't make your bed, you get $20 a day. That's my world. Right. You can't get that from yeah. workers' comp. It's not covered. So Peter and I work closely together when you're injured on the job while driving a car or truck. So that's how our offices interplay in those kind of things. Absolutely. I don't know how clear that is. Does that make sense? Yeah. So there's different, there's differentials. But if uh, you just get, if you're not in a car accident and you just uh, trip at work or something like that, sure. then there will be no pain and suffering. You'll be trying to get your wages back and your, and your medical. You're going to have pain and suffering, but you're not going to get paid, you're not get for, paid it. for it. Yeah. Yes. Did you ever get paid for it in, in the world? No, back, they changed the law like in 1911. You used to have to show... Uh, negligence to get workers comp and that it was covered, but they changed it because most people, it doesn't matter how you get hurt at work. Right. You're supposed to get covered. So you could so trip you over your own foot at work you could be and a, you're supposed to get workers comp. You could be an idiot, as my kids say, idiot and do that. And like you shouldn't have, but you're, it happened at work. Right. It wasn't intentional. You need to get, you know, get taken care of while you're so off what are to get some back. Crazy stories. Give me one or two examples of people getting hurt at work that well, my favorite is the bus driver, school bus driver, who uh, I don't know if you're asking me good stories where there's fraud, where the guy. No, no but <laughs> tell me what you want to tell me. Well, I love those. You know, those whenever, are my favorite. Whenever someone gets hurt at work, they're always going to follow you around to see if you're doing physical things, which could translate into you being able to earn your wage. Flint bus driver, herniated disc, car accident, never offering me any money. And I was always wondering, I was always, why? He's really hurt. I have the medical evidence to show it. And he goes, I got the defense attorney from the insurance company put the video on, and the guy was driving in a demolition derby. True story. <laughs> okay, that feeds into Kevin's. I, I came Where the hell? That, is, that just came full freaking circle that is here. one time in 31 years yeah. that, that I've had a legitimate, uh, besides the identical twin whose identical twin was working, and made a video. I go, and the guy's like, that's my brother. <laughs> and he had an identical twin. That is the true story really? two times. Usually these are legit wow. people that the insurance companies don't want to pay for, and they should be paying for, and they should call me because it, I have a problem with that. And that's what I do. I think on that note, I want to thank you for coming. Thank you for asking. This me. was really informative. Um, I learned a lot. I think Kevin learned a lot. I did. And um, I think uh, we're going to invite you back, Peter. Would you be willing to come back? Yeah, absolutely. Had a good time. And your information, your contact will be somewhere, right, Neil? We're going to put It'll it somewhere. It's going to float. I'm going to attach your text, your cell phone great. number on there. And Call me on Sunday night. Call me during Peter, dinner only. Peter offers <laughs> free consultations. Absolutely free. And, and we'll have his new jingle. And he'll have a jingle. Ross is working on that already. <laughs> Excellent. It's done. It's done. It's in Ross's head right now. Peter, so would you like to know your, know your new phone number? Right. Absolutely. <laughs> Do I have a new phone number with that? No, but in all seriousness, seriousness, Peter, I refer you, when people call my office for a workers' comp case, you're the only person I refer to because you're passionate clearly about this. Uh, we need good lawyers who are fighting this horrible, horrible law. Yeah. I hope for your sake and our, our client's sake that the laws change while we're still practicing, sure. that you get to see a, a change that people can get the compensation they deserve when they're injured on the job. Um, and I hope that I hope it happens soon. Thank you. Appreciate that. All right, man. Have a good day. Thank you. Namaste. Namaste. Thanks for listening to Open Mic. I hope you've been enjoying the episodes. We're loving producing them for you. Please subscribe and share and rate the podcast. It means a lot to me, and it'll enable us to keep going and keep bringing you great content. Thank you.